woke me up. No, it didn't. Anyway, so um, awesomeness. All righty. How's everybody doing tonight? God is good. That presence of God during the worship was amazing. God's presence was just so sweet. It was like, I give myself. I was just like, yes. I give you the drum set, Lord. Take it. <laughs> anyway, so um, without further ado, let's all bow our heads and close our eyes. We're going to open up with a word of prayer here. Father God, we just thank you for what you're doing in this place. And uh, Holy Spirit, we just invite you to come, Lord. We, we, we take this time seriously. We want to see you move, Lord God, tonight. And we wait on you right now, Lord God. We set aside all distractions, Lord God. We want to be focused in on you, Lord. We don't want to miss what you have for us tonight, God. If we need breakthrough, God, I pray and ask you that we would get breakthrough, Lord God. If, there, if there's a need that needs to be met tonight, God, I pray that it would be met, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, Lord. I pray that you would just touch each and every single one of our hearts, Lord God. That you would release, God, wisdom and understanding. Holy Spirit, tonight we ask you that you would teach us, Lord. Teach us, God. Show us who you are, God. Show us who Jesus is. Show us the character and the nature of God tonight, Lord God. We want to know. We're hungry, God. We want to know Christ, Lord. Would you have your way even now as we speak, Lord God, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen and amen. If we can open up our Bibles to Philippians chapter 4, verse 5. Philippians chapter 4, verse 5. I'm going to be sharing on this verse. Um, for pretty much the whole night. I'm also going to be going a few other places, but this one mainly specifically here. And um, I want us all just to kind of see what the verse says. It's very straightforward. It's very simple, very basic, doesn't need a super explanatory breakdown, five different points. If we can have that verse up on the screen, Philippians 4, verse 5. Or not. I'll read it out in my Bible. Right? Oh, there we go. Perfect. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Lord. All right. Philippians 4, verse 5. Here's what it says. It says, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Let your what be evident. Thank you, Karina. Let your what be evident. Your gentleness. Let your gentleness be evident to a few people, to your friends. Come on, somebody. Y'all ain't woke tonight. Come on. Evident to who? All, right? Let your gentleness be evident to all. If there's anything you want to put on display, if there's anything you want to be known for, if there's anything you want to take pride in, if there's anything you want to boast about, boast in your gentleness. Show off your gentleness. Let your gentleness be what defines you. Let that be your defining trait. Let that be what singles you out from everybody else, how gentle you are. How gentle you speak, how gentle your actions are, how gentle you interact with your friends, with your family, with your mom, with your dad. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Let it be obvious. When people look at you, they should see a heart, a spirit of gentleness upon you. When they listen in on your conversations, when they're watching you go about your day, when they see you at your job or in class, they should see gentleness should be evident to everyone around you. It should be obvious. People shouldn't have to second guess and think really hard. Well, is this person a gentle person? Oh, so-and-so, no, they're completely harsh. They always say a bunch of nonsense. No, they're not gentle. No, it says, let your gentleness be evident to everyone. Amen? Very simple, very clear. I love how clear the Bible makes things sometimes. It, it just breaks it down so simple for us. It says, let your gentleness be evident to all. This is simple. We can all understand this. We can all apply this. It's not a suggestion. 
It's not something that the Bible's kind of hinting at. It's not giving us just some advice that we can use on the side here and there. God is telling us through Paul, through the letter to the Philippians, he's saying, be gentle and let it be evident to everyone around you. Let it be what you're known for. Let your, let your gentleness be evident to all. If we can also then turn to Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 23. Okay, so while Daryl comes up and fixes this mic, hello somebody, um, I'm going to continue on, Daryl you can come up and grab this mic and, okay thank you, amen, I'm going to put it here, or not, I'll just wait for Daryl to come up, bam, the flash, alright, so in Galatians we see Paul say the same thing, he's basically encouraging the church in Galatia to do the exact same thing. He lists, um, for some of you, you might be familiar with this passage. It's called the fruit of the spirit. If you've ever heard of the fruit of the spirit, raise your hand. Amen. I just want to do a quick pop quiz. If anybody knows all of the fruit of the spirit and can say it without looking at the, ver without looking at it at the verse, I want you to raise your hand. You, if you think you know all of the fruit of the spirit, it can be a leader too. I don't care. I just want to see if anybody actually knows all of it. Okay. Oh, snap. Alex, oh, all right. My sister has it, but she's my sister. Marco, I saw your hand raise up. Do you want to give it a shot? I don't accept something. All right, Josie, you can come up here. Maybe next time. I love you. <laughs> all right. My sister, amen. What are the, all the fruit of the Spirit? Do you want me to say it fast? No, that, say, it, say it slowly. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. Say it again, Josie. What was that last one you said? Gentle. Gentleness. And self-control. Self-control. Everybody give, her, give it a, a hand for Josie. She's my sister. She loves the Lord. Amen. You're awesome, Josie. What? Did she miss one? Forbearance? Get out of here with your forbearance. No. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so Galatians 22, verses 23, verses 22 through 23. Galatians 5, 22 through 23. Paul lists out the fruit of the Spirit. Basically, Paul is saying if you are a believer, if you're born again, if you are a disciple of Christ, you're going to bear fruit. You're going to have evidence. You're going to have proof. You're going to be able to point to X, Y, and Z in your life and say, yeah, I'm a Christian because... I love people, I have joy, I have peace, right? Those are things that symbolize, that show, that are evidence for our faith in Jesus. How do we know we're saved? Well, we should be bearing fruit from the spirit of love. We should be joyful. We should be at peace. We should have forbearance. We should be kind people, right? This is things that uh, we as believers do. It's things that come out of us as believers. It's something that defines us as disciples of Christ. These are things that come out. These are, evident, these are pieces of evidence. If somebody were to put you on trial and say, is Cielo uh, a real Christian? They should be able to point to the fruit of the Spirit and say, yes, she is because she loves, because she has joy, because she has peace, because she's kind, right? But one specific one that I want to mention, again, like I stopped Josie here, and it's kind of the theme with the night here tonight. As Paul said in Philippians 4, verse 5, we see gentleness is also in this list among the others. 
And by Paul putting it in this list of the fruit of the Spirit, Paul is saying, if you are a disciple of Christ, if you have been born again, if you, if you really love Jesus and you follow God, then you're going to be a gentle person. Then you're going to be gentle in how you talk to one another. You're going to be gentle in how you act. You're going to be gentle in your interactions with those around you. You're going to be gentle with your mom. You're going to be gentle with your dad. You're going to be gentle at school. It's something that's a product of your belief in Christ. If you love Jesus, it's going to come naturally to you. Woo. Amen. If you are a believer in Christ, if you're a disciple of Jesus, being gentle will come naturally to you. It will come naturally because you have the spirit inside of you. You don't have to work extra hard to, to make it happen. It's already inside of you, and it comes out. It, you, you can't help but to be gentle because you're a believer, because you love Jesus, because you have the spirit of God on the inside of you. You cannot help but to be gentle. When people look at you, they see the evidence. This person's gentle. This person's talking in a gentle manner. Oh, when that person cussed, uh, you know, ex this person out, blah, 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 whatever, they didn't respond harshly. They responded, they responded in a gentle manner. They didn't curse them out. They didn't swear at them. They didn't snap their finger and go all crazy on them. They were gentle. When the teacher was being rough with them and being unfair in class to the student, the, the, the student wasn't responding in a harsh way. They, they were gentle. They, they, they sat back. Right? Being gentle, it's a fruit of the Spirit. It's, it's, it's evidence that you're saved. It's proof that you love Jesus, depending on how, depending on how gentle you are. You want to know if somebody's a Christian? You want to know if somebody loves the Lord? Look at how gentle they are. According to Paul, that's what we're supposed to do. Because gentleness is evidence. It's proof of your salvation, that you love the Lord. If somebody loves the Lord a lot and they're on fire for God, they should be the most gentle. If you love Jesus, if you're on fire for God and you're going hard after the Lord, you should be the most gentle out of everybody. Because, again, it's the fruit of the Spirit. It's evidence, it's proof that you love the Lord, that you're walking with God. Somebody who's been serving the Lord for years, who knows the Lord, who prays, who's reading their Bible, right? They're close to God. They should be the most gentle. You should be able to see it. You should be able to tell that they're gentle and how they act in their interactions with one another. You should be able to see it very clearly. It should be evident to all, as Paul says in Philippians 4, verse 5. And again, here in Galatians, Paul is saying this is, a this is a necessity. This is what should be coming out from us. Doesn't matter if we're in church or not. Doesn't matter if we leave and we're just strolling down the block and somebody, you know, just shouts at us some crazy roast or whatever. We should be gentle. It doesn't matter where we are. Doesn't matter if we're in traffic and we're hot and somebody cuts us off. We don't flip them the finger. We don't say some explicitive. We are gentle. We act in a gentle manner because we have the Spirit of God on the inside of us. We should be gentle everywhere we go. Everyone who looks at us should be able to identify us based off of our gentleness. This is something that's very important to the heart of God. As believers, if you want to represent Christ right in your school, in your family, be gentle. When people talk to you, when people are putting you down, I could give you countless examples, but guys, gentleness is important as we see in the Bible. We can also then turn to Colossians 3.12. Paul, again, 
now in the book of Colossians, exhorts the church again on the subject of gentleness. He says here in Colossians 3.12, therefore, as God's chosen people, if you're God's chosen people, if you belong to the Lord, you're holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, with kindness, with humility, and with gentleness and patience. Here again, we see this key word, this key phrase, gentleness. If you belong to God, if you are chosen of the Lord, if you're a disciple, you're coming to church, you say, I love Jesus. I want to serve God. I want to live for the Lord. Okay, then put on, clothe yourself. Put on compassion. Put on kindness, put on humility, and put on gentleness. As God's chosen people, as a disciple, as a follower of Christ, put on gentleness. Make gentleness a part of who you are. Make gentleness a part of your identity. Let gentleness define who you are. Let it be what stands out about you. Clothe yourself with gentleness. Everybody say gentleness. One more. If you can turn to the next slide, Oscar. I believe the next passage is... Next slide, please. Not that one. Go back. Go to the Ephesians. There we go. Thank you, Oscar. Here again, Paul now talking to the Ephesians in another letter. It's interesting. We see Paul kind of exhorting almost every church. Ephesians, the Philippians, the Colossians. It's something that obviously seems pretty important to Paul. He keeps emphasizing it in these different books to these different churches. Here again, we see now in verse 2, Ephesians 4, 2. Be completely humble and what? Come on, somebody. Be completely humble and what? gentle. Here again, Paul is emphasizing how important it is to be gentle. He says also be patient, bearing with one another in love. Paul is exhorting the church in Ephesus, be completely humble, be completely gentle. Don't be partially gentle. Don't be kind of gentle. Don't be gentle only when you feel like it, only when it comes easy. Only when you're with somebody that likes you and, and treats you right or something. No, no, no. Be completely gentle at all times, everywhere, to everyone. It's a lot easier. It's a lot harder. Wait. It, it's hard to do that. <laughs> but it's possible. And we're commanded to do that. And we're encouraged to do that. And Paul makes it very important. He, he emphasizes this so many times throughout the New Testament. Be gentle. Completely gentle. Do not lack in gentleness. How about that? Do not lack in gentleness. When people look at you and your walk with God, do they see a gentle spirit? Or do they see someone who's lacking in gentleness? Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Now, when I was thinking about the word gentle, I was having kind of a hard time figuring it out. I mean, of course, you could go to the dictionary and give a nice cookie-cutter definition of what gentleness means. Oh, gentleness means A, blah, 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 B, blah, 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 X, blah, 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 right? You know, you, you, could, you could get a definition out of Webster Dictionary of what this word gentle really means. But at the same time, can you really understand falling in love if you just read a definition of it? No. You have to experience it for yourself, right? And so I think with that word gentle, okay, you can read a definition. You can be like, oh, that's, that's what it is. But... It's something that requires a little bit more, at least for me. 
I wasn't satisfied with the definition. I wanted a little bit more visual example. And whenever I thought of what it meant to be gentle, what gentleness looked like, first thing that came into my mind, a mother with her, with her child, with a baby, right? And I'm gonna, at this point, I'm going to have Ashley Munoz come up with her, her son, baby Yuli. If you, you can give it a hand for uh, Ashley coming up here. <laughs> baby Yuli's so cute. when I was thinking of what exactly does it look like to be gentle? What exactly does gentleness look like in the world, in the universe that God created for us? I thought of, again, a mother with her child. As we look at Ashley with baby Yuli, there's a few things I want to point out. Ashley is holding baby Yuli a certain way, right? She's not throwing him around. She's not holding him by the leg. She's not shaking his head. She's not being rough with the child. She's being what? She's being gentle. She's being careful. She's being sensitive to baby Yuli. She's holding him in a certain manner. She's careful with him. When she picks him up, she holds him a certain way because she's being gentle with the baby, right? We all understand that. This is what gentleness looks like. And it's interesting. Nobody has to teach human beings or even sometimes mammals in the animal kingdom. It's something that God just kind of put inside of the world. Something that God kind of just injected into, into our universe, into his creation, this thing of gentleness. Nobody has to teach a mother how to hold her child. The moment she grabs uh, either her or him, she instantly knows that she has to hold him very carefully. She has to hold him very gently. The mother knows she can't just flip-flop the baby around like some kind of hot potato. The moment she picks that child up, she holds that child very carefully and gently. Again, as reflected in the animal kingdom, whether you look at dogs with their puppies, right, a, a female dog feeding her puppies, the, the, the dog isn't just kind of biting her, her puppies and, you know, growling at them and going all crazy. No, she's very gentle with the puppies. Uh, you know, birds feeding their, their, their young. In the nest, right? Birds make nests for their babies. Why do they do that? Hold on. Um, why do birds make nests for their babies? Because they, they understand they have to be gentle with their children. They have to be careful with them because they're sensitive and, and all of that, right? And, and again, no matter what animal you look at, mostly mammals, you will see this act of gentleness, this gentle spirit. Did like a bunch of dogs or monkeys sit in a classroom setting and, 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 and open a textbook and say, this is how you be gentle? Did anybody teach creation how to be gentle? Did animals have to take classes online, in person, whatever? Did they have to take a test? Did they have to take an ACT test of gentleness? No, they didn't. It was already inherent in who they were. God, it, God put it inside of creation for us to see. Amen. Thank you, Ashley. Amen. Gentleness, right? That's what gentleness looks like. Now, again, when Ashley was up here, she wasn't doing all this crazy stuff with baby Yuli. She wasn't squeezing baby Yuli really hard. She wasn't shaking his head around like, ah, you know. She wasn't doing any of this, right? She was acting a certain way with the child, with the baby. What's the reason? How come she was so careful with the baby? Because of gentleness, yes. But if she were to act any other way, how come she did not squeeze the baby really hard or shake the child? 
she loves them, that's good too. But think about it. When we pick up a child, right, we hold it in a certain manner because we understand and we know the, mem- the moment we pick it up that this baby is delicate. The moment we pick that child up, we understand this baby is sensitive. We understand that this child is fragile. And any small thing that happens to this baby can hurt it, can damage it. If I pull the baby's leg, it might dislocate it. It might leave a bruise. It might hurt the baby, and the baby might cry, right? So we have to act gently with the child, or else it'll get hurt, or else it'll get damaged, or else something will happen to that baby if we're not careful with it, right? Growing up having a a sister, I remember as a kid, my mom would always tell me, watch Josie, watch your sister, make sure she stays in the crib, make sure this, make sure that. And as an 11-year-old, I didn't really quite get fully what what the whole shebang was. I mean, I'm just like, she's a baby. Like, she's, what is she going to, she's just going to stay in the crib. I mean, what what could she possibly do? But one time, Josie actually climbed outside of the crib, because she's so crazy. She climbed outside of the crib, and because she was so young, you know, she didn't know how to really manipulate her body that well just yet. And after she got to the top of the crib, she flopped over. And I think she hit her head or something. Praise God, she's still alive. But she, she, she climbed out of the crib, basically. And I remember the moment I saw that, I freaked out. I'm like, oh, my gosh, Josie just hit her head. Like, what's going to happen? Is she alive? What's, you know, do we need to call 911? What's going on? My mom, she comes in screaming, like, ah, nah, nah. And it's just like, oh, my goodness, you know. Josie, is, is she hurt? Right? Because she's a baby still. She's still young. And the smallest thing that happens to her could damage her permanently, could hurt her, could damage her tissues, could damage her brain, brain damage, right? Babies are sensitive. Babies are fragile. Babies are delicate. Therefore, we are gentle with them. We're sensitive with them. We don't toss them around. We don't play with them as if they're some kind of object. If we can now go to Matthew 11, verse 29. Jesus says something very profound about gentleness. It says here in Matthew 11, verse 29, it says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle. Jesus is saying that he is gentle in his relation to us. And you see, the reason why Paul emphasizes gentleness, the reason why you see gentleness all throughout Scripture, the reason why Paul is encouraging the believers, the disciples of Christ, to be gentle towards one another, is because you see, each and, each and every one here, me, you, whoever is in this room, if you are a human being and you have a spirit on the inside of you, you are fragile. You're delicate, and you can get hurt, and you can get damaged, and when people are harsh to you, and when people say mean things to you, and when people put you down, and when people are not gentle with you, we get hurt sometimes. We get damaged, and sometimes when our hearts are so delicate and fragile in that sense, and somebody comes in and shatters it all. Our hearts shatter into a billion pieces, and we're hurt, and we're damaged on the inside because of what people say to us, because of how people treat us, 
because of how people look at us, right? God created us very sensitive, delicate creatures. He made us very fragile. He made us with emotions. He made us to feel things. And in a sinful world, people harm each other. And in a sinful fallen world, people hurt each other. And in a sinful fallen world, under the curse of sin, we hurt each other and tear each other down. And we don't care how fragile our neighbor is. We don't care how sensitive they may be as a human being. We tear them down. And we cut them to pieces. And we hurt them. Despite how delicate they may be, despite how fragile their feelings may be, their emotions, their heart, we don't care. We just stomp all over them. And we say, you're nothing, you're stupid, you're dumb, get out of here, I hate you, blah, 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 go kill yourself. We say all these words. And we say all these harsh things to one another. And as we do that, we are tearing each other down and damaging each other. Causing pain and hurt. That's why the Bible takes gentleness very seriously. Because God knows how sensitive we are. And when we're interacting with one another, God says, no, you're sensitive, you're fragile creatures. Be kind to one another. Build each other up. Don't tear each other down. In a fallen world, this is what happens. We go to school. We walk in. We go to class, whatever. We sit down instantly. What are some of the things you instantly hear the moment you go to school? The moment you're around your friends. This person's so dumb. This person's so stupid. This person acts like an idiot. Blah, blah, blah. Of course, in our generation, we think it's a joke. We think it's funny. To be honest, you're not really fooling anybody. I, I tell you, the people who say those things are probably the most hurt, honestly. But we go and we see all around us, guys, those around us, our generation, teenagers, are known for being so harsh to each other. We're not known for gentleness. We're not known for saying kind words. We're not known for building each other up. We're known as a generation. Ages 11 to maybe 21, we're known for tearing each other down. We're known for how good we are at bringing somebody low. We take pride and how good we are in reducing somebody to nothing. We boast about how much we can damage somebody in an instant with our words. We make jokes and laugh at how good we are at hurting somebody, tearing them down, damaging them, not knowing just how fragile, how delicate the human heart really is. Imagine if Ashley were to be up here and she was holding baby Yuli and she just dropped baby Yuli to the floor. Imagine if she, I mean, we've seen different crazy videos of this. You know, sometimes uh, the people will have like maids and, you know, there'll be like a secret camera that catches them like just throwing the baby around, being all mean and crazy to the baby. Guys, when that's happened, if, 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 if the baby was dropped, the baby would be in pain. The baby would hurt. If I fall to the ground, it won't hurt that much. I'm a young adult. I mean, I could take it. It, it won't be that bad because my body is not as fragile. But a baby, you drop a baby, it's going to hurt. You, 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 you hit a baby, it's going to hurt them. It's going to damage them. They're so sensitive. They're so fragile. If you do anything to that child, it will feel it. It will feel the pain. It will feel the hurt. 
And that's how we are as human beings. When people say words to us and hurt us and damage us and cut us down, we feel it on the inside of us. So many times we try and cover it up and act as if it doesn't matter. We try and mask it with emotion. Sometimes all we know is to tear each other down because we've been torn down from a child in our own home by our own parents. We go home and our parents tear us down 24-7, telling us how much, how much we'll, we'll, we'll live up to nothing. Telling us how, how, how stupid we are. Telling us that we can't do anything. Telling us that we'll never amount to anything, right? Some of you are so broken on the inside that when you go out, all you can do is break other people. Because at home, when you're by yourself, you, all you hear 24-7 is how stupid you are and how worthless you are. Isn't that not true of our generation today? Our homes are so fractured. Our lives are so messed up. We go home, our parents constantly. Again, if you, if you come from an unsaved background and Jesus is not in the family, is not at the center of the family, all you hear is just being torn down. Accusations after accusations, judgments after judgments, how stupid you are. You messed this up. You messed that up. It, it never stops. Is it no surprise then when we go out, all we know how to do is the same exact thing. It's to tear our neighbor down. It's to destroy our, our friend. We tear each other down. We damage each other. We cause each other pain. And we call it friendship. And we call it relationship. And we call it, uh, you know, being buddies or whatever. This is how we somehow, as a, this is how broken our generation is. We define true friendship at how good we can tear each other down. How fractured. How foolish is that? How demonic is that? Our generation is so broken, we think breaking each other is a symbol of friendship. Cutting each other down is somehow a sign that we're cool or something. No, it's not. It's demonic. You need to repent. You need to ask God to heal your broken heart. You need to get it right in your mind. Stop tearing each other down with your words. Stop cutting each other apart. Stop hurting one another. Because God didn't create you to be that. God didn't create your heart to be so broken and fractured. He created you to be a sensitive, delicate creature that only God can hold. The reason why I brought this scripture up, Matthew 11, verse 29, it says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle. You see, guys, in a world that's so perverted, that's so broken, that's so full of hatred and anger and pain, and full of people, backbiting each other and tearing each other down and damaging each other with their words, trying to destroy one another in a world where that is the norm. Jesus steps onto the scene and says, guys, I'm gentle. I'm gentle. Learn from me. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and I'm humble in heart. In the midst of the chaos, guys, Jesus knows how to handle your heart. Jesus knows how to carry your heart. No matter how fragile it is, no matter how delicate your heart may be, Jesus knows how to hold it. He has hands gentle and careful enough to take it. He won't damage it. He won't drop it. He won't throw it to the ground. He'll carefully hold it. And he'll watch over it. And he'll be careful with it. 
And here in this verse, Jesus is inviting those around him in Matthew 11, verse 29. He's saying, guys, I am gentle. In a world where gentleness is obsolete, where everyone's tearing each other apart, guys, I am gentle. Come to me. Find rest for your souls. Daryl, if you can come up to the keys. Oscar, if you can go to the next slide. Jesus is the one who can carry your heart. Jesus is the one who is gentle. We look at Jesus as the example for everything. And here we see yet again how gentle Christ is. How gentle he is with us. Our hearts are delicate. Our hearts are fragile. They're easily prone to pain, hurt, to breaking. But God is saying, I am gentle. Learn from me. Do as I do. Be gentle as I am gentle to you. He says here in Isaiah 40, verse 11, he says, speaking of Jesus, he tends his flock like a shepherd. I want everybody to get this visual in their, in their mind. This verse is talking and describing Jesus. He says, I tend the flock like a shepherd. Jesus, he gathers the lambs in his arms, and he carries them close to his heart. And he gently leads those that have young. This is the God that we serve. He's a gentle God. He gathers the lambs with his arms. And he carries those who are hurting, those who are in pain, those who have been damaged, those who have been fractured, those whose hearts have been broken to a million pieces. Guys, Jesus holds them and he carries them close to his heart. He protects them. He knows how to handle them. He knows what to say. Maybe you've never encountered this type of person before. But I believe Jesus is inviting you tonight to experience him, to experience his gentleness, to experience his love. Guys, when we give our lives, that's why we can sing a song like I give myself away. That's why we can sing a song like I give myself away. Because we're saying, God, I trust you with my heart. I don't care who you are in this place. Guys, our hearts are one of the most sensitive things, but Jesus is the only one who can truly hold it. You give your heart to somebody else, they'll tear it and rip it apart in shreds in an instant. Give it to Jesus and he'll hold it, and he'll put it close to his own heart. If you don't know what that's like, if you've never experienced the gentle, kind God that this Bible is speaking of, I want to encourage you tonight, meet with him, encounter him, ask him into your own life. Because he loves you and he wants to carry you. He wants to put you close to his own heart. Does anybody want to experience that? What it's like to be gathered in with the arms of Jesus. And be brought near to Jesus' own heart. In a gentle, kind way. Not ever being too harsh with us. Jesus knows exactly how to treat us and how to hold us. Tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and he carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. If you want to encounter this Jesus, you can. That's for one type of person. For the other type of person, maybe you say, I'm already saved. I already love Jesus. I already love God. I serve him. I come to church. I'm in discipleship. Amen. Awesome. Good job. Are you known for your gentleness? Are you known for how gentle you are? Are you known for how gentle your words are? Are you known for reflecting this part of Jesus? Are you known for reflecting this type of character in your own walk with God? 
Can people identify you as a Christian because of how gentle you are, just like Jesus is? The first person, you don't, you know, you don't know what it's like to encounter that kind of God who, who's gentle, who's loving. Your heart is broken. Your heart is fractured. Ashley, during worship, was talking about those who have a hard heart. The Bible says he'll give you a heart of flesh. Jesus will help you feel again. Maybe if you've been so broken down and torn down, you don't even know how to feel. God is like, I'll give you a heart of flesh so you can feel again. You can come up to these altars and encounter God. And for the second person, you're already a believer, you're already saved, but you want to grow in gentleness. You, you, you know, you know that you know. You could be doing a better job at reflecting this type of God to a broken and lost world. In a generation that's so full of just brokenness everywhere. Guys, how important is it for us as believers to reflect the heart of God in a gentle manner to those around us? We need to be gentle. We need to be gentle. If we can all stand up. Let's all bow our heads and close our eyes. Holy Spirit, we invite you in this place, God. Ashley was talking about earlier how to just wait on the Lord. Let's just wait on the Holy Spirit right now. Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would fill this place with your presence, God, that you would show us, Lord, what it looks like. To be gentle, God. Show us your heart, God. The Bible says it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. Holy Spirit, show us Jesus' kindness tonight. Show us how gentle Jesus is with us, Lord. That even though we sin, even though we come to a church and we mock God and we make fun of God and we make jokes about God, Lord, you're gentle with us. Even though we say, God, we hate you, we don't want you in our lives, God, you continually be faithful to us, and you continually stay gentle to us, God. Your gentleness never fails, Lord God. Even when we're harsh towards you, Lord. Even when we act harsh towards you, Jesus, and say all kinds of crazy stuff and try and tear you down, Lord God, you remain gentle. Oh, Holy Spirit, let that wreck some of us in this place tonight, Lord God. How gentle you are, God, despite our sinful nature, despite our sinful behavior, despite, God, our attitudes, despite the days, God, where we just don't care about Christianity. Lord, you're still gentle with us, Lord. When we mess up, when we stumble, when we fall, Lord, when we choose sin over you, God, you still remain gentle, God, to us. When we're too far away, Lord God, you reach out, God, and you gather us in, and you bring us close to your heart. Just a few more moments in the presence of God. Guys, just, just focus in right now on the Lord. Talk to the Holy Spirit. Some of you have to get into your heart and say, you know what? I'm going to end this cycle of tearing people down. I'm going to end it here tonight. I'm going to stand in the gap for my generation and say not one more word will be meant to tear somebody down. Not one more word will come out of my mouth aimed at destroying somebody's life and self-esteem and making them feel like nothing. 
Holy Spirit, I pray that we would be gentle, God, that we would be known for our gentleness, God, that people around us would be able to look at us and say, that person's a Christian because of how gentle they are. If I can have my altar workers, Ashley and Ulysses, if you can come up. If you felt like this message was for you, Julie's coming. If you felt like this message was for you and you just want to give your life over to the Lord and say, God, I'm done being harsh. I don't want to be this type of person. I don't just want to be meant to tear each other down. I just want to invite you to come up to these altars. Talk to Yuli. Talk to Ashley. Ask them to pray for you. If you want to know what it's like to be in the arms of Christ, maybe you've never felt that before. Maybe you've never felt what it's like to be next to God's own heart in a gentle manner. Guys, come. Invite Jesus into your heart tonight and encounter him. He wants to meet with you. If you don't want it, that's okay. If you don't want it, you can just keep doing what you're, what you're doing. But guys, for those of you who want to change, for those of you who want to encounter Jesus, I invite you to come up. Talk to Yuli, talk to Ashley. And for everybody else, maybe you're just saying, man, I just want to be more gentle. I know I'm better than this. I know I'm supposed to be more gentle in my words. Come up to these altars. Just ask the Lord to cleanse your mouth, to cleanse your words, to heal your heart. If you feel like your heart's been broken and you feel like you've been torn down at home, and constantly growing up, all you know is people just putting you down and tearing you apart. Guys, come up here, receive healing. Let Jesus deal with you gently. Let Jesus put you next to his heart. Let him wrap you in his arms. He's a good, good father. He knows just how to help us, how to, how to hold us, how to keep us together. Holy Spirit, come, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. These altars are open. Oh, Rabba Bashika.